A new document reveals the Chinese military plotted to weaponize coronaviruses, shocking, in order to win World War III. Plus, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer caught violating her own COVID restrictions. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. Thank you for joining us on this inaugural episode of The Liz Wheeler Show. My goal is to be your go-to podcast when you need to know, is that true? What are the facts? Is this reality? The left's Achilles heel, of course, is either they lie and assume that you won't fact check them or they're ignorant and assume you won't do your research. Well, I know my audience does their research. So together, you and I are going to destroy that modus operandi and be champions of reality instead. Because now is not the time to cave to the radical left or to corporate wokeism or cultural Marxism or squishy establishment Republicans or AOC, or teachers unions, or big tech, now is the time to be a culture warrior and never back down. So do not be a squish, because we have no room for squishes on this show. Okay, so the idea that COVID-19, the virus, leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China, funded by none other than Dr. Fauci and the NIH, is not a conspiracy theory at all. It's a security risk. And speaking of security risks, A few decades ago, private citizens like you and me used to be largely that, private. So what's changed since then? Well, the internet has changed. Social media has changed. Think about everything that you've browsed or searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being trolled through, collected, aggregated, spied on by third parties into some permanent public record, your record, with your name on it. Creepy, right? Having your private life exposed to others for others to see was something once only celebrities worried about. Now we live in an area where you or I, anybody who's online, everyone is essentially a public figure. So to keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know that there are actually hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business, their goal, is to buy and sell your data online? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to. They don't even have to get your consent before they sell you. They sell your information. So one of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. ExpressVPN, though, if with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. So the way this works is every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given this random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers, you and I. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me specifically or you specifically and harvest our data in order to sell it. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use no matter what device you're on, whether it's your phone or your laptop or your smart TV, or if you're like me, probably all three at once, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, you wanna secure yourself with a number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com and save 35% on a 12-month plan. That's Express. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com. Go to expressvpn.com to learn more. That's what I did, and my dad is a lot safer. Okay, before we get to the Chinese war planning, we need to back up the Chinese memo that I mentioned. We need to back up here and talk about the lab leak theory. Once a controversial theory, branded as a conspiracy theory by the mainstream media, fact-checked by mainstream media out 
outlets, then we were told we were perpetuating nonsense when we talked about this. Turns out that might not be true. So there's a reporter by the name of Nicholas Wade. He's a former New York Times science reporter, and he published a piece on Medium where just about anybody can publish work. Makes sense that he doesn't work for the New York Times anymore because they probably don't want this kind of stellar journalism that contradicts the leftist narrative. Nicholas Wade published an article about a piece, a research piece, about the lab leak theory, the origin of the COVID-19 virus. And Wade says there are essentially two theories of origin of this virus, right? A natural origin or a lab leak. Because, of course, we know that in Wuhan, China, where this virus originated, there is the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where they study and manipulate coronaviruses that they find in the wild and weaponize uh, to try to create that virus is ability to jump to a human host, okay? So this is what Wade said. He said this narrative that it couldn't be possible that it originated in the lab essentially started, the narrative started from two different places. One was from a group of virologists, and this was published in a scientific journal called The Lancet. This is what they said. Wade writes, and I quote, I quote the virologist, I should say, we stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin. A group of virologists and others wrote in The Lancet on February 19th, 2020, when it was really far too soon for anyone to be sure what happened. Scientists overwhelmingly conclude that this coronavirus originated in wildlife, they said. Again, this was published in The Lancet, a highly respected medical journal, okay? This was, this article in this medical journal was basically the foundation of this narrative that the idea that COVID-19 might have leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology was a conspiracy theory, okay? This is what Wade writes. He goes, it later turned out that the Lancet letter had been organized and drafted by Peter Daszak. I want you to remember that name, Peter Daszak, president of the EcoHealth Alliance of New York. Wade writes, Dr. Daszak's organization funded coronavirus research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. If the SARS-CoV-2 virus had indeed escaped from research he funded, Wade writes, Dr. Daszak would be potentially culpable. This acute conflict of interest was not declared to the Lancet's readers. Wade says, to the contrary, the letter concluded, and I quote, we declare no competing interests. Can you believe that? Can you believe this? First of all, that no mainstream media outlet, no mainstream media journalist had the intellectual curiosity, the journalistic curiosity to look into this, that it took an independent journalist publishing on an independent platform to bring this to light. That's, that's the first scandal. The second scandal is how obvious this conflict of interest is. So this narrative that it couldn't have escaped from the lab was written and organized by a man who was involved in funding these dangerous experiments in the lab where this virus could have been leaked from. I mean, you can't make this stuff. You can't make this stuff up. In the Wuhan Institute of Virology, in the labs there, they what they do there when they study coronaviruses, study isn't really the right name. They conduct experiments um, on these viruses, trying to make the viruses more dangerous than they naturally exist in nature. Okay, and we're going to get to that in a second. It's called gain-of-function experiments. But First, I want to talk just a second about the second part of the narrative. So the first part of the narrative was that Lancet letter. It started the narrative that it, the lab leak theory is a conspiracy theory. The second element that fed into this narrative 
was a letter that goes as follows, and I quote, and this is from Wade too, a second statement, statement which had enormous influence in shaping public attitudes was a letter, in other words, an opinion piece, not a scientific article, published on March 17th of 2020 in the journal Nature Medicine. Its authors were a group of virologists led by Christian G. Anderson of the Scripps Research Institute. Our analysis clearly shows that SARS-CoV-2 is not a laboratory construct or a purposefully manipulated virus, the five virologists declared in the second paragraph of their letter. Wade says, unfortunately, this was another case of poor science in the sense defined above. True, some older methods of cutting and pasting viral genomes retain telltale signs of manipulation, and Wade goes on to detail that the most up-to-date way of manipulating viruses isn't traceable by the way that these five virologists from Scripps Research Institute claimed. So basically, they only checked option A, whereas option B, C, D, and E, they didn't even look at. So claiming that it was impossible for this to have escaped from the lab because they didn't detect option A, like he said, it's it's not only just their opinion, it's also bad science because they should know better. They should know that there are other ways to manipulate this virus. Okay, nonetheless, the Lancet article and this letter made this narrative the predominant narrative among our ruling class, whether that be Dr. Fauci, whether that be um, governors across the nation, whether that be public health officials, right? Wade writes, natural emergence was the media's preferred theory until around February of 2021 and the visit by a World Health Organization commission to China. Wade writes, the commission's composition and access were heavily controlled by the Chinese authorities, duh. Its members included the ubiquitous Dr. Dasik. Dr. Dasik, his name appears again, okay? So of course, the narrative continues. The Chinese, after that visit, you know, said, well, it's impossible that it would leak from this lab, but what evidence did they present from this? They presented no evidence. None. They didn't have any evidence to support their conclusion, which is that it was a natural emerging virus. And this is significant because, as Wade points out, both SARS-1 and the MERS viruses had left a trail. So what happens is these viruses start first in an animal. Then they have an intermediary host before they jump to a human, right? With both of those two previous viruses, they not only found the origin species, they found the intermediary animal that that the virus had jumped to before it jumped to humans, right? So it's odd that for SARS, it was four months. For MERS, it was nine months before they found these. 15 months after COVID, they still didn't find either the origin or the intermediary animal. And yet the Chinese claimed that it was impossible for it to have emerged from the lab. They claimed that it was natural emergence, but they have absolutely zero proof of that. Really, really shady. And Dr. Dasik is tied into this. Okay, so back to this lab for a second. So what's happening at the Wuhan Institute of Virology is what's called gain-of-function experiments. Gain-of-function experiments, as I described before, you take a virus that is occurring in an animal and you manipulate the DNA to allow it to uh, be transmitted to a human, right? So essentially, you're making the virus more dangerous. And the reason that they do this is they claim that they want to get ahead of pandemics. They claim they want to identify which viruses are about to naturally make that jump so that they can, I guess, create a vaccine, find a cure, study it, who knows? We don't have any examples of this working very well, and it's obviously very dangerous for the reasons we've all seen in the last year. Okay, so at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, working on these gain-of-function experiments is 
a woman by the name of Dr. Xi. She's also known as the Chinese bat lady because she studies bat coronaviruses. So that's what we'll be calling her, Dr. Bat Lady. Dr. Bat Lady teamed up with a researcher at the University of North Carolina, right here in the United States. His name is Ralph Barrick. Their work was entirely focused on taking those naturally occurring bat coronaviruses and weaponizing them to attack humans, okay? This is very, very dangerous work, but it gets worse. It gets worse. Dr. Bat Lady's work, her work weaponizing bat coronaviruses to attack humans, making them more dangerous, was funded by the NIH. The NIH, the National Institute of Health, the United States National Institutes of Health. Your tax money, my tax money, funded this, okay? You can, look, you can look this up for yourself. I encourage you, always check the research. Look this up for yourself. It's a matter of public record. You can see the train where the money went from the National Institute of Health, and then there was an intermediary, a contractor. Guess who this prime contractor was? The prime contractor who received the NIH grant was Dr. Peter Daszak. Dr. Peter Daszak then subcontracted this to Dr. Xi, the bat lady. The NIH funded this research, funded this research. Now, speaking of funding, a better place to fund instead of the Wuhan Institute of Virology would be the Young America's Foundation. I want to let all young people know and call them to sign up to attend the Young America's Foundation National Conservative Student Conference. I spoke at this conference in the past. It's a load of fun. It's a great place to meet like-minded people, to learn to discuss ideas. And let me just tell you, it's also a good price. It is $150 for five nights. $150 for five nights. If you're a college student or you know a college student who wants to hang out with other young conservatives, maybe you feel isolated on campus, maybe your club's been shut down because you dare to be conservative. If you want to be inspired by and empowered to fight the culture wars alongside people like me, then I have the perfect opportunity for you. Young America's Foundation is hosting their annual National Conservative Student Conference in the great, open, free state of Texas. No masks required. It's going to be an event that you don't want to miss. You'll hear from people like former Vice President Mike Pence, from policy experts like Congressman Chip Roy and Senator Ted Cruz, from thought leaders like Lila Rose and my friend Ryan Anderson. You'll get to learn about free markets. You'll get to talk about the important issue of life and how to protect it, how big government is a danger to us all, and more importantly, You'll get to learn what you can do to make a difference in our fight for freedom. And did I mention, it only costs $150 to attend this five-night, one-of-a-kind program. That includes your meals, your hotel. It includes almost everything. Go to yaf.org events right now to sign up for YAF's National Conservative Student Conference. And please, please tell them the Liz Wheeler Show sent you. You aren't going to want to miss this. Okay. So everything that we've just talked about, the obvious corruption at the NIH, which led the NIH to give a grant to Dr. Peter Daszak, who subcontracted that grant to Dr. Xi, the bat lady at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, who was conducting experiments on bat coronaviruses to try to weaponize those viruses to make sure that they're transmitted to humans and are dangerous. You'd think our politicians should answer for this, right? You'd think somebody should answer for this because that's your money that's funding potentially a pandemic. But Democrats don't want to answer any of these questions, probably because they've put Dr. Fauci, who was involved in this, on a pedestal. Press Secretary Jen Psaki refused 
to directly answer a question about why exactly the NIH funded these types of experiments. Listen. It's a matter of public record that Dr. Fauci and the NIH funded gain-of-function uh, experimentation research at the Wuhan Lab of Virology. And given the questions about that lab, why would Dr. Fauci in the U.S. fund that kind of experiments, that kind of research in a Chinese lab? The fun, I'm sorry, I can't hear you super well. What was the beginning part of your, of your thing, of your question? I said that the NIH and Dr. Fauci had provided funding to the Wuhan lab of virology. That's the lab, lab in question when we talk about the lab leak theory. And given that gain of function research is dicey, why would the U.S. fund that in China? Why would I'm, Dr. Fauci? I, I'm happy to send you to the NIH about more specifics of what program they funded and more details of that. Now, I, I do have one more follow-up on okay. that because the, the president hasn't really weighed in. Dr. Fauci is one of the voices who discredit the lab leak theory, but now there's more officials in the Biden administration, like the, the director of national intelligence, the CIA director, and now also the NIH director, who say that this cannot be ruled out, and there's calls for more investigation into it. Who does the president agree with, Dr. Fauci or the other officials? Does he think this it was a lab leak? Well, the president has said, and I've said from here many times, that there needs to be a credible, independent investigation uh, through the World Health Organization, and that one that relies on data, relies on participation from China and other uh, countries that may have information. That's certainly something everybody has called for, and we look forward to that happening. Spoken with President Xi about the origins of the coronavirus yet. He said in, uh, just a few weeks ago he hadn't yet. Uh, I think we have given a readout of his call and also that the president believes there should be an independent investigation led by health experts um, and one where their data is provided that's provided transparently to our medical uh, and science experts here in the United States and we look forward to reviewing that. We're going to have to go on. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Emerald. I think you've had plenty of time today. Go ahead. You'd think she would just answer the question unless she had a reason not to answer it. There's no reason to lie unless you're trying to hide something. That should be your first clue. Speaking of lying, Dr. Fauci himself lied directly to Senator Rand Paul during a hearing. It's really shocking to hear. Listen. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are enti entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? D Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Not you don't think inserting in a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function? That is you would not be in the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Let's not forget that Dr. Fauci is the highest paid federal government employee. I'm not kidding. Dr. Fauci made $417,000 in 2019. Not only is he the highest paid federal employee out of 4 million federal employees, he literally makes more money than the president of the United States does salary-wise. So if that's not a problem, I don't know what is. 
So Fauci claims he's not lying. It seems pretty obvious that he's lying. Senator Tom Cotton, I think, encapsulates what had happened very well. He said Fauci is playing word games, right? And well, we just showed you this. Fauci said the NIH didn't fund gain of function. Well, yes, what happened is the NIH funded DASIC, gave him a grant, and DASIC subcontracted Dr. Xi. So it's indirectly direct funding, right? Fauci is lying, obviously. There's no question about it. Why do you lie? Well, you only lie if you're trying to cover something up. So Dr. Fauci has also changed his narrative as the truth has been brought to light. He now says that he is not convinced that COVID developed naturally. PolitiFact's Katie Sanders asked Fauci, and this is a quote from her, there's a lot of cloudiness around the origins of COVID-19 still, so I wanted to ask, are you still confident that it developed naturally? This was Dr. Fauci's response. He says, no, actually, I am not convinced about that. I think we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we continue to find out to the best of our ability what happened. Certainly, the people who investigated it say it likely was the emergence from an animal reservoir that then infected individuals, but it could have been something else, and we need to find that out. So, you know, that's the reason why I said I'm perfectly in favor of any investigation that looks into the origin of the virus. Okay, well, that's funny, because Dr. Fauci one year ago said the following, and I quote, if you look at the evolution of the virus in bats and what's out there, the scientific evidence is very, very strongly leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Everything about the stepwise evolution over time strongly indicates that this virus evolved in nature and then jumped, jumped species, end quote. So what is his evidence? He said the evidence very strongly points to his natural emergence theory. What is his evidence? His evidence is the two letters, the one from DASIC published in The Lancet and the other unscientific one from Scripps Research Institute. If this doesn't smell like a cover-up, then I don't know what does. More on Dr. Fauci in just a second. We're gonna get to it in a minute because this is actually bigger than Fauci himself. This is about a system that allows Fauci's to exist in our government as the highest paid government employees. But speaking of biceps and beards, were we speaking of that? Speaking of biceps and beards, my friend Spencer Clavin. If you don't already know, my friend Spencer Clavin, of no relation to Andrew Clavin, of course, hosts an amazing weekly podcast called Young Heretics. He, like us, is out there fighting the culture war. He's fighting against cancel culture and the people that are trying to destroy everything that makes America great. You guys know I love reading, so this is a very fun for me to listen to. Every week, he walks us through a different work of Western literature or sometimes it's music and maybe even films, that he breaks down why these iconic works are relevant to the crazy world around us today in a very easily digestible and intelligent way. If you're not already listening to it, you should be. It's produced by Soundfront, the same guys that produce my podcast and so many great things like Verdict with Ted Cruz. It's entertaining, and please don't tell Spencer that I said this, but sometimes it's even funny. It's also so important in the fight to preserve everything we love about the West. He's doing really good work. So go subscribe right now and listen to youngheretics.com. Subscribe to Young Heretics also wherever you get your podcasts, youngheretics.com. And if you do, tell Spencer I said hello. Okay, so the Chinese. The Chinese are obviously liars who have shut down the world with the COVID-19 virus. Whether or not it was intentional, that doesn't even matter, actually. They might be preparing to do it again. And this is what I'm talking about. A Chinese military memo was recently revealed discussing how the Chinese are weaponizing SARS coronaviruses in order to win World War III. According to the Daily Wire, and I quote, 
Scientists in the Chinese military discussed weaponizing SARS coronaviruses in a document obtained by the United States government where they discussed their ideas about using biological weapons to win a third world war. This was reported exclusively by the Weekend Australian who reported the document written by the People's Liberation Army scientists and senior Chinese public health officials in 2015 was obtained by the U.S. State Department as it conducted an investigation into the origins of COVID-19. The paper describes SARS coronaviruses as heralding a, quote, new era of genetic weapons and says they can be artificially manipulated into an emerging human disease virus, then weaponized and unleashed in a way never seen before. Chilling, isn't it? It's like we're watching it before our very eyes. The Australian goes on to say, some of China's senior public health and military figures are listed among the 18 authors of the document, including the former deputy director of China's Bureau of Epidemic Prevention, and 10 of the authors are scientists and weapons experts affiliated with the Air Force Medical University in China. This memo was ranked very high risk for its level of defense research, including its work on medical and psychological science. Okay, so that's pretty scary. Whether or not it was intentional, the United States' response to COVID-19, shutting down our economy, destroying businesses, infringing on people's individual rights, violating our constitution, we literally just handed China a gift. They now know that we are vulnerable to pandemics. We are vulnerable to these viruses that, yes, are deadly and impact a small population in our country, vulnerable population, but not everybody doesn't matter. The Chinese now know that this is an effective biological weapon. And by the way, remember, if this emerged, not from natural emergence, but if this was a lab leak from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, your tax money is tied to this, okay? Your tax money is tied to this because the NIH funds grants given to people like Peter Daszak, who subcontracts to the bat lady who conducts these dangerous experiments. It can't be repeated enough. The NIH is corrupt, and we must audit the NIH. The NIH is corrupt not just about COVID either. Let me give you a few examples here. This is very gruesome, but the University of Pittsburgh uses your taxpayer dollars in the form of grants from the NIH to conduct experiments on aborted babies. They're totally gruesome. Totally gruesome. They stitch the scalps of aborted babies onto mice. I won't get into more detail, but that's not something your tax money should be, should be funding. It's disgusting. The NIH also conducted an investigation that resulted in 54 scientists across our country being fired for ties to foreign nations. Okay, so they were compromised. It wasn't science. They were compromised by foreign ideology. This investigation found that 93% of the 189 scientists at 87 institutions whom the NIH had investigated that China was the source of their undisclosed support. So 93% of these people who were compromised were compromised by China, right? And the vast majority of the people who were compromised were Asian men in their 50s who were compromised by China. The, the amount of money that these scientists were receiving. And when I say the amount of money, it's not just some vague grant. It's not just NIH money. It is your tax money. The amount of your tax money that these compromised scientists were receiving, $164 million. $164 million. So that brings us to NIH funding in general. Do you know how much money, how much of your money goes to the NIH? The NIH gives $41.7 billion every single year to these kind of grants, okay? 
$41.7 billion. I have a hard time even visualizing that amount of money. When I hear the word billion, sometimes I picture like mountains of money. I can't even fathom how many, the, the landscape of money mountains that this would be, all coming from your pocket, all coming from your bank account, all coming from your credit card. This is your tax money, okay? 80% of NIH funding is awarded for this kind of research, the kind of research that was given to Peter Daszak that was subcontracted to Dr. Xi, who conducted these experiments on bat coronaviruses, right? This is corruption. And it's not all. There's more corruption. There's been investigations at the NIH because of inappropriate sharing of information from the grantees themselves and peer reviewers who have been dismissed. So one of the hallmarks of scientific research, right, is that an individual scientist conducts the research and then all his or her peers try to poke holes in it, right? They try to find what the problems are. They try to find the errors. They try to see if this is bulletproof research. Those are peer reviewers, and they play a really important role in the scientific community. Well, in August of 2018, then NIH director, Dr. Francis Collins, found widespread inappropriate sharing of confidential information by peer reviewers. These peer reviewers were sharing the information not just with their friends and colleagues, but with foreign nations. So what does that mean? This, is, this kind of shakes me at my core, to be honest, because we all like to think of the CDC or the FDA or, you know, the American Medical Association or the American Academy of Pediatrics as being uncorrupted by politics. We would like to believe that, right? We'd like to believe that we can look to these people for scientific advice, for public health advice. But when you hear things like this, you wonder, is what they're saying to you science or is it corrupted? Because the people who are peer-reviewing research are giving information to China. They're giving information to China. Okay, then we have a ProPublica investigation that found that there was additional conflict of interest for these grants. And what this means is if you have a financial interest in a product, right? But in order to take that product to market, you need to conduct a study on it that shows X, Y, and Z. You are compromised because you're incentivized to find X, Y, and Z because it benefits you financially, right? Well, according to these documents, there are more than 8,000 significant financial conflicts of interest potentially influencing the work of these grantees worth $188 million since the year 2012. I mean, this corruption is rampant. This is an enormous amount of money, and it's not, it's not vague. It's not something that you shouldn't care about. It's something that if you follow the train, it has literally harmed each and every one of us. It took coronavirus, perhaps, to see this, but this corruption has existed in the NIH for a long time. So one of the things that I want to do on this show is I want to make sure that we're not just preaching to the choir, right? I'm not just screaming into the void. I'm not just ranting about something that, that's awful. I want to make sure that when there's something wrong that we identify, we do something about it. We do something about it. There are so many people, conservatives, who forget that we need to take action after we identify something that's wrong. Well, what I want to do on this show is I want to equip you. I want to deputize you with what you can do to change, to enact change when we identify bad things that are happening. In this case, there is something that you can do. The Government Accountability Office is a watchdog office that investigates federal agencies. These investigations happen at the behest of congressional committees and subcommittees. So what I want you to do after you finish watching or listening to the show is I want you to reach out to your Congress member. I want you to reach out to your Congress member. I want you to send them an email. 
I want you to pick up your phone and call their local office. I want you to tweet them. I want you to demand from them, respectfully but firmly demand from them that they call for a government accountability office investigation. The government accountability office can do two things. They can both investigate if there's wrongdoing, but they can also investigate just how something is being funded. They give a readout of how your tax dollars are being spent. If our tax dollars are being spent on peer reviewers who are giving money, or not giving money, giving information to China or conducting gruesome experiments with aborted babies, we deserve to know that. We deserve to know that so that we can decide whether we want our tax money funding that or not. Okay. In the meantime, please be sure to join us on Locals. Locals is a great social media platform. If you're not on it, I encourage you to get on it. It was started by my pal, Dave Rubin. Uh, It's an alternative to the big tech censorship that we know we all conservatives are facing. I've been demonetized by Facebook, censored by YouTube. I get warning labels smacked on my content on Instagram all the time. Not because I say anything wrong, not because I tell a lie, not because my research is absent or my citations, you know, non-sufficient. No, no. I get censored simply because of my ideology, because I contradict the radical leftist narrative and politicians. So on Locals, you deal with none of that. None of that. You can post whatever you want. This kind of research can happen on Locals without it being stifled by the Facebook overlords or by Twitter or by YouTube. So I want to invite you over to the Liz Wheeler Show community. You'll get exclusive VIP access to all kinds of benefits, extended shows, interview segments, behind-the-scenes uh, fun stuff that we're doing, question-and-answer sessions. Also, your support over there helps keep my producer paid. So that's going to make him happy. And it helps make sure that we can present this research to you every time. And now it's time for hot takes. First hot take. A Spanish politician was temporarily suspended from Twitter for saying the most heinous thing that you can possibly imagine. I mean, you are going to be shocked to your very core. You are going to be surprised out of your boots when you hear this. Are you ready? He said, men can't get pregnant. (gasps) Men can't get pregnant. Francisco Jose Contreras, he is a member of the far-right Vox Party in Spain. He was locked out of his Twitter account for half a day yesterday for saying, and I quote, a man cannot get pregnant because they have no uterus and no eggs. Okay, (laughs) that is scientifically accurate. That is true. He was not targeting any individual. He was not saying anything hateful. Nonetheless, he says, and I quote, the hateful tweet, which I was forced to delete, was the one that said a man cannot get pregnant, a man has no womb or eggs. You can see this is already fascist biology. Next time I'll try two plus two equal four. Um, Francisco, you better be careful because that sounds like white supremacist math to me because, you know, math is now white supremacist. Twitter actually warned the guy that if he posts material such as this again, he might be banned permanently from Twitter. Obviously, men can't get pregnant. That is reality. That is not controversial. That is obvious. Men have no uterus. Men have no eggs. You are not a man if you have a uterus and if you have ovaries and eggs. This is not controversial. Do not be afraid to say what is controversial. Okay, second hot take of the day. Al Jazeera is launching a right-leaning news program. It's called Rightly or something. Very quick response to this. No, thank you. I do not need right-leaning news from Al Jazeera, a network that sided with the Muslim Brotherhood, a network that celebrated a terrorist who killed Jews, a network that aired propaganda for Osama bin Laden, a network that continues to manipulate their coverage to serve the interests of the Qatari government. No thank you. 
That's not right-leaning news. That's propaganda. Don't fall for it. Okay, hot take number three. Nine transgender athletes are hoping to compete in the Olympics this year. Nine transgender athletes. So I suppose that means it's biological men, right, who have transitioned to women and want to compete against biological women. Is this fair? Does does anyone out there truly think it's fair? I don't even believe, to be honest, that the transgender activists think that this is fair. I think they just don't care that it's unfair because everyone knows this this is not fair. There was a scientific study that showed that transgender women, which is biological men who transition to women, transition to identifying as women, still have a physical advantage over biological women a year after hormone therapy. Now, that's important because the Olympic standards say that you have to have undergone hormone therapy for a certain amount of time before you can compete against women. Well, the amount of time, according to the study, is not enough to erase the physical advantage that biological men have over biological women. Yeah, no kidding. Duh. You didn't have to conduct a scientific study for that. I could have told you that for a mere $5. You didn't have to spend thousands of dollars on that. It's unfair. Don't be afraid to say it. Okay. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer was caught breaking her own COVID-19 restrictions. Gretchen, Gretchen, Gretchen. Come on now. This is literally uh, Gavin Newsom all over again. Gretchen Whitmer attended an event, some kind of party or something, at a bar. There were a whole bunch of people here, and there's a photograph of this. Essentially, at this bar, they put a bunch of tables that were separate. They were social distanced. They put a bunch of bars that were, or a bunch of tables that were social distanced. They pushed them together, and they didn't wear their masks. They didn't wear their masks. According to the Detroit Free Press, Michigan restaurants and bars are still subject to capacity limits and social distancing requirements. Current orders require six people or fewer at tables and distances of six feet between tables. Gretchen, Gretchen, Gretchen. She broke her own rule. She then apologized. She said, throughout the pandemic, I've been committed to following public health protocols. Yesterday, I went with friends to a local restaurant. As more people arrived, the tables were pushed together. Because we were all vaccinated, we didn't stop to think about it. In retrospect, I should have thought about it. I am human. She said, I made a mistake and I apologize. Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not about um, rejecting people's apologies. I am about rejecting politicians who are hypocrites. Pelosi, Newsom, Cuomo, Whitmer, rules for thee, but not for me. I can break them, but if you break them, you're literally committing homicide. I don't think so. Whitmer should resign. She has inflicted incredible damage on the business owners of Michigan, restricted liberties, and violated rights of her citizens. Horrible. It doesn't surprise me that she did this. All of these elitists break their own rules because they think of you as the sorry people and they think of them as being above the law. Time for that to stop. And now it's time for Adventures with the Spectacular Liz. I have a confession to make. I have a Google alert on my name, which means that the Google bots troll the web every day and find any mention of my name. And then in the evening, every day, they send me an email with with every mention of my name, okay? And the primary reason that I have a Google alert on my name is because there's another Liz Wheeler. Another Liz Wheeler who leads an exhilarating life as an animal rights activist and inspector. We are talking Florida man type headlines. She is so great. I love her. Today, she's inspecting zoos after a kangaroo named Willow died in a roadside accident. Like sure, Vox or somebody probably called me an extremist or something, 
But that Liz Wheeler is a kangaroo detective. The Ottawa Citizen reports, and I quote, a female kangaroo named Willow was injured on a highway east of Ottawa. On Saturday morning, the zoo's Facebook page reported that Willow had died. It's with deep sadness Willow has crossed the Rainbow Bridge and she was under veterinarian care. Thank you all for the phone calls and messages. Reports of the incident have circulated widely on social media, drawing both support for the zoo, which has been closed due to COVID-19 measures, and criticism over the province's lack of zoo regulation. Animal rights advocate Liz Wheeler said she's concerned about roadside zoos that operate as businesses and are not members of Canada's accredited zoos and aquariums, which has a program that includes on-site inspections. This woman... I have literally been following her life, not to sound like a creep. I have literally been following her life for years now. I do not care what is said about me on the web. I scrolled through that really quick, hoping, hoping that Liz Wheeler had some spectacular adventure like this one um, every day. And so from now on, when she has an adventure, we're going to share it with you because she is more spectacular than me. All right, the great and powerful Jay Hay, my producer, is telling me we're out of time. We do have more to talk about, but we will have to wait until tomorrow. Be sure to tune in. Then thank you all for watching and listening to this inaugural episode. It was so wonderful to have you here. Remember, think for yourself. Use critical thought. Question authority. Follow the facts and do not let government or corporate wokeism or anybody bully you into being a sheep. Please subscribe to the show on Apple iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your pods. Download, give us a five-star rating, a glowing review. It really does matter, by the way. If you give us a five-star rating and review and subscribe, it helps us climb up the iTunes chart. So please do that. And in the meantime, thank you so much for being here. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.